If you decided to listen to this week's message of Dr. Day Central, we know that Jesus has placed something on your heart. So let's dive in. Beautiful thing, right? We're starting off with a brand new series called Make Space. Look at the person next to you and say, just make a bit of space. Come on, give me some elbow room here. Make space, huh? Social distancing. No, we all remember. Hey. Uh, some people are so sort of clutching in that. When I said that, they're like, oh, no, no, not again, not again, not again, not again. You know, but I could do with a three-week lockdown right now. I don't know about you guys. Anyone keen? Anyone keen? Right, right, right. Um, I could stay home for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I want to ask you this question. You're a Christian, right? This is church. So obviously, we have lots of time in our calendar. I mean, our calendar is well planned. And you know what? You have lots of time. Like when you look at your calendar, you look at it and there's lots of time for you to rest and lots of time for you to actually have extra time so that when people say, hey, can you do this? Can you be a part of this? You're like, yeah, definitely. I've got the time. Right? Or maybe just the second one. It's not time, but money. Like when people ask you about money, you're like, no, man, I'm sorry. You know, I've got margin. I've got space in my budget. You know, I've got enough money. I've actually got enough money to put away so that I can bless other people with it. Like I've got more than enough money. Right? Anyone like that? Aren't you guys Christians? Have you read your Bible? Hear me out. Hear me out. It's because... If we are living a life where we're constantly trying to find the time and and trying to, you know, you've heard people, you ask them, how's it going? Busy. Busy, busy, busy. Good. Good. God is good. Busy, busy, busy. Anyone ever replied to someone like that? Or when we think about, oh, I can't do that. It costs too much money. Oh, I can't. No, wait, that's a bit too much. The problem is in Christianity speaks different about it. God speaks way different with it, and he does it in this way. Matthew 11, just listen to these words. Does this sound, this, this, this scripture I'm going to read, does this sound like someone following Jesus in a scarcity mindset? And, and this is the invitation Jesus makes. He says, are you tired, worn out, or burned out on religion? Anyone? Anyone tired? He says, come to me, get away with me, and you will recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn how to live freely and lightly. What is he saying? Everyone quickly take a deep breath. And out. Okay. Take another deep breath. And out. He's saying make space. Make space in your life. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. But what about the future? What about this? How am I going to get back? Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down. I want you to make space. Why? Because when you're with me, invitation that God's making, you will learn how to live freely and lightly. You'll have budget, a margin in your budget. You'll have margin in your calendar. You'll have a place where your, where your calendar is not, not, not run by other people, but actually run by God's purpose. You see, God invites us to this abundance of life. And this abundance of life isn't just spiritual. It's not like Jesus, like you and I save you, and then you must still get punished by this world. No, no. He says, I'm saving you, and I actually want to show you something. I want to show you how to live life fully. Because when you can live life fully, man, it changes everything about us. What if we don't just believe in the victory of Jesus for our salvation and for our spirituality, but what if we believe in the victory of Jesus in every aspect of our lives, our time, our treasures, 
and our talents, in everything we have? What if God actually made space for us to enjoy those things? When last did you enjoy your own company? <laughs> huh? Some of you are like, I don't have friends. Like, I enjoy my own company the whole time, Brent. It's okay, we'll be your friend. Okay, I'll be your friend. You see, sometimes we think, or maybe here's another question, we sometimes disconnect. Disconnect the way that we use our time and our money from the way that Jesus actually disciples us. And he says, man, show me your time. Show me your money. Show me the money. Show it to me because what do you know what I want to do? I want to show you how to live free. You see, this series is about this one thing. This series is about making sure that you have the space, the openness, the freedom to be who God called you to be. Because the reality is this. We always say no to things because of two things. Time and money. We limit God to those two things. So what we're actually saying when we say no to those things, when God wants us to say yes, what are we actually saying? We're saying, God, I can if money allows me to do it. So who's the God then? Oh, God, I can if my time says I can do it. Who's the God then? You see, God says, man, come to me. I'm going to show you something good. And I'm going to give you very practical tips today of how to do it. But before we get there, you need to ask yourself the question. You know, if, if we're in a place, we don't have margin in our calendar. We don't have margin in our budget. You've got to ask yourself, how did I get here? Ask yourself the question quickly. How did you get here? No, that's a weird thing to do. Don't ask yourself. Look at the person next to you and say, how did you get here? Where's the budget? Where's the margin? Where's the freedom? Where's the space? There's no room. You know, I want to tell you this, is that for the past 100 years, especially in history, people always say more is, no, more is better. More is better. Why? Watch everything. Oh, why do you watch Instagram or do you watch someone that goes, I'm content with my life? No, you don't. You watch people like this guy's got 14 Lamborghinis and 20 garages and 60 houses. This guy's got everything. He's got yachts. He's got golden Lamborghinis and golden Porsches. He's got all the girls. Some of the guys are like, yo, man, I don't even know. Hey, okay. Ladies, she's got a room. No, no, no. A house filled with shoes. I want to say we're not rich, me and my wife, but you're the shoes thing, guys. Ladies, really, you guys have to have a meeting because <laughs> my wife's shoes are now in my cupboard. I just want to say, men, when you get married, that's the test of love. When she invades your space with her shoes. And then she's like, but you only have like six pairs. What must I do with mine? <laughs> like, sell them. But anyway, that's a different conversation. But the beautiful thing about this is, is that God says, I want to make space in your life. I want to make space that you don't understand that, that more is not better. Do you know what, what, what God actually says is better? He says, rather the promise of contentment. Contentment, what is that? That just means this one simple thing. <sighs> I'm so happy with who God is. I'm so happy with what God has provided. I am content in life. When last have you felt content? Right? When last have you felt, you're not worried about the future? You're not stressed about what happened in the past? Sure. I feel free. I feel like there's space to breathe. You see, that's what God wants for us in this series. Because bad theology says to think that God always wants more money for you. 
God doesn't want more money for you. Why? Because money is not the answer. Do you know what God wants for you? He wants more contentment. He wants you to be content with him. With fullness. You know about money for God. He rules over it. For money, God, God, money for God is like nothing. God doesn't, doesn't care. You see, that the love of money is the root of all evil. Money in itself is not evil. It's the love for it. But the moment that we lo- Lord speaking, the moment that we love God, that's the root of goodness, of fullness, of contentment, because he rules over those things. You see, there's a family member of mine, um, extremely rich, like really rich. You know those uncles that are rich? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know those uncles that are rich? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know them. But this one's like rich, proper rich, like lives in Cape Town on a golf estate in a mansion, rich, with a Porsche, rich, like rich, rich, like rich, 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 right? And so he speaks to my dad and he says, Sydney, my dad's name is Sydney. He says, you know what? I envy what you have. And he's like, what do you mean? You've got everything. You've, you can literally buy anything you want. He says, I know, but you have a family that loves God, <laughs> I wish, I wish we could have that. Do you know what's the beautiful thing about that? Contentment always wins. It doesn't matter if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It matters if you're content. And we're going to read some stories about people in that. But, but you have to ask yourself the question, if there's a problem of being you know, not content, where does it start? What is the reason that you don't have space? Can I tell you what that reason is? Look, look at the person next to you and say, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem, it's me. <laughs> Don't look at someone and say, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> no, no, no. It's you. Why are we saying this? Money is not the problem. If God is the God that has everything in abundance, then why should we struggle? Maybe it's because we have been throttling what God wants to do in our lives. We have been squeezing it. And here's the thing. God invites us. He says, he says, you know what? I want you to actually live life fully, but you have to steward everything well. Do you know this? Just a very important thing when it comes to understanding this. Do you know that you own absolutely nothing? That God owns everything. You know what he asks you to do? To steward what he's given you. To manage it well. To manage it well. So I would ask this question. If we are to be good stewards of our money, for instance, who of you actually have a budget? Quickly put up your hand. Okay. The rest of you don't, don't look at me. Like, see some people not raising their hands. They're like, yo, I'm not looking. <laughs> oh, no, keep your hands up if you've got a budget. Put your hands up. Very good. Okay. Who sticks to their budget? Yeah, I see some hands drop there. <laughs> you know, so you're like, sticks to their budget. Ah, oh, Brent. <laughs> It's the intention. I don't know. It is definitely the intention, right? It is definitely the intention. But here's the problem with us as people. We actually have no limits. No limits. We have no plan and no limits. That's the problem. Is that we actually come with zero plan and zero limits. We just have, you know, we just live our lives. I'm going to show you something later of what that looks like. But, but the problem is, is that God says when it comes to him, he wants to make space because everything belongs to him. And how you steward that is a very good thing. So Matthew 25 verse 14, if you've got your Bibles, you can take them out. Um, 
And this is a piece of scripture of a story of someone that had been entrusted with money and how they did it in a different ways. So there's three people, these three men. So a, a rich man comes to these three, three servants of his and he entrusted wealth to them. He said, to the one he gave five bags of gold and to the other two bags and the other one just got one bag of gold. So three people, five bags, two bags, one bag. Each of them according to his ability. That's very important. Let's just pause there really quickly. Do you know that God has entrusted to you with what you have according to the ability that you have? Some people have more. Some people have less. But that's not the point. The point is, what do you do with it? How do you steward it? Because he even says this, if you are faithful with the small things, I will make you ruler over many things. Guys, it doesn't work. It's not about the many things. It's about faithful being faithful with the small things. I'll tell you guys a little bit of story about that. And um, the story is this. I didn't share it in the first service. So lucky for you. Huh? Second service champions. Yeah. I remember get, coming into ministry, right, and, and starting to work in church. And, and it was really weird for me because I, I stepped into the space and I thought, I'm a preach. And I'm going to be the preacher guy. And I get here and they're like, Brent, we want you to do tech. And I'm like humble, you know, and I'm super humble. And I'm like Moses. He calls himself humble. So same, you know. I'm very humble, man. And uh, just joking. It's a joke. You can laugh. Um, and not as humble as to me, though. But I was humble, right? And I was like, no, cool. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve in tech. And I thought, man, this is just like a one or two month thing. And, you know, then I'm going to get Betty. Two years later, <laughs> there I am. Week in, week out. And then they gave me to edit videos. Oh, guys. And then, then I started asking God, why am I here? And God said, Brent, just be faithful with the small things. And I'll make you rule over many things. And so the journey continued. We enjoyed youth and had a youth ministry. And now this space, having the privilege, not the opportunity, the privilege to lead this environment. And why? Why did God do this? Because he wanted to show me something. He wanted to show, Brent, it's about faithfulness. I want you to be faithful for what I've given you. And I want to tell you that same thing today, is that it's being faithful for what God has given you. So these three men have been entrusted these three things. A man who received five bags, the five, the five bag guy. Everyone say five bag guy. He went at once and put his money into work. He actually took the money and he invested it. He did things with it. And then it actually gained five more bags. So boom, started with five, got five more. That's pretty good, right? Gave you 500 bucks, you come back with a thousand bucks. Amazing. Next guy had two bags and then he did the same thing. He, he, was, he went to it, he put, he, he put more into it and he also gained another two. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Then we see the story continue where the, where the guy comes and he presents, the master comes back over time and the guy with the five you know, uh, bags of money says, now I've got 10 bags. And he's like, oh, good and faithful servant. Well done. You are blessed. And the guy with the two bags does exactly the same. He had two. Now he has four. And he's like, oh, good and faithful servant. Well done. And the guy that has one bag said, yo, I know it's difficult, man. And I, I know it's difficult times. You know, the, the, the economy is not great. You know, petrol prices are high. You know, NSFAS hasn't paid out. You know, like it's very difficult the space for this, you know, or, or you know, like I'm, I'm a, my bursary, like, I don't know, like I'm going to still figure out, you know, you know, have you seen how expensive bread is? And milk. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I can't. I, I took this money and rather I buried it so that I don't waste it. 
And he actually says, give me your money. And he gives it to the guy that had 10. And he says, you've missed the thing completely. You were not faithful with what I've given you. Now, what is the story? The story is not saying that if you don't have money, you better not work bad with it or else God will take everything. That's not what it's saying. What the story is saying is this very simple thing. Is what has God given you that you need to trust him with? What has God put in your hands that you can trust him with? What, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> just quickly a bigger question, not just finances. With your life, the life that God has given you, what are you doing with it? Are you taking your time, your treasures, your talents and saying, God, you are the king of my life and I'm going to live it fully for you. I'm going to give you everything. Everything. Yo, but Brent, what about me? Guys, when the king of the world invites you in to say, let me show you, let me show you how life looks like. That's an invitation you don't want to miss on. And he says, come, come see, come and experience. And the second thing he's actually showing you is this very simple thing, is that you are not an owner. You are only a steward. You are a steward. You see, what if we um, stewarded our calendar and our money like it wasn't ours? Imagine for a moment that you, you steward your calendar like it wasn't yours, like it was God's. Hey, actually, you would have time for God because it's his, right? He should have the time. You would ask questions like, God, is this something you want to do? Or is this something I want to do? You see, it's, it's a different question. When it comes to our money, yo, you'd see some less, a little bit of impulse buying, right? Is God, am I buying this food or this thing now because I feel bad and they're going to make me feel good? Retail therapy. Or is it actually saying, God, I'm trusting you. Show me how to work with my money. You see, the thing that God promises us is that when we start doing that, we will rest. Rest well, because he has something good for us. So practically, what does that look like? Two things. Number one, make a plan. You see, a good manager does two things. He makes a plan, and he does not compare. But making a plan is a very important thing. Let me ask you this question. Who of you guys, on payday, you blew everything before? Got a salary. On day one, you blew everything. Okay, any day twoers? Day three? Okay, in the first week, oh, there we go. Second week, third week, who's actually lasted an entire month with your salary and you had extra to give away? <laughs> Not to give away, but I had, I saved it. Can I show you what you look like on payday? This video is what you look like on payday. Ribs on ribs. Nutella on ribs. Is that you? Is that you? Let's get the house lights on on here. But is that you? Because we do that, right? Oh, this month I'm going to work so good with my money. I'm going to be so good. And then your friend's like, let's go eat there. Like, okay. <laughs> oh, look at that dress. Look at those shoes. Guys, that new PS game is out. Xbox game. I've got to buy it. I've got to buy it. You see, the beautiful thing is, is when we make a plan, when you actually budget, something happens. Something happens. Freedom starts. You see, Proverbs 21 says, plans 
of the diligent, plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Overspending and underspending, they're both actually bad stewardship. Not just the overspending, but the underspending, thinking, thinking that money is going to be your savior. Thinking that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save so much that I'm going to be okay. You know, I have stories. I literally heard a story of an old lady telling me now they invested their money after they got, you know, um, retired in, in a bad company and they lost everything. There they are. All their safety is gone. My question to you is where is your safety? You see, um, the thing about goals is sometimes we miss it. I said you will never actually rise to your goals sometimes, but you will always fall to your systems. And there's two systems that God gives us when it comes to making space in our lives. And these systems are very simple. For your calendar pressure system, you know what God does? He gives you the Sabbath. Okay? Everyone say the Sabbath. That means the day of? Just for those who don't know, it's the day of rest. Secondly, for your financial pressure, he actually gives you another system called tithing. The tithe, giving into the storehouse of God. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, just quickly looking at the Old Testament or a picture of the Old Testament in Mark 2. Jesus is on the Sabbath walking with his disciples in the grain fields. And it goes on to say this, Mark 2 verse 32. And his disciples walked along with them. And they began to pick some of the heads of grain. I mean, it's Sunday, you're walking, you're hungry, there's some grain. You do the math, right? And then the Pharisees said to him, look, look at what he's doing. What are they doing? This is unlawful. This is the Sabbath. You can't do that. And then God answered them and said, have you never read David? What David did when his companions were hungry and were in need. He references the Old Testament. And he says, in the days of that guy, whoever he is, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread. This is the bread that was kept apart for the priest, the holy bread. And he also gave some to his companions. Oof. And then he schools the Pharisees. He says one thing to them. He says, guys, he said to them, the Sabbath was not made for man. The Sabbath was, not, you know, was made for man and not made for the Sabbath. You see, the Sabbath was made for us. We weren't made for the Sabbath. What does that mean? The Sabbath is there to serve us, actually. It's there to give us space. It's there to give us freedom. What does this mean? Simply this. It's relation. It's not relation. It's relationally, not religiously. What does that mean? It's relationally. The, the Sabbath is there to be in relationship with God, not in religiosity with God. That doesn't mean on the Sabbath. Literally, I had a conversation with the old lady this afternoon as well. Same lady. And she said, Brent, you know, can I do sewing on a Sunday? I'm like, why do you ask that? It's like, because no, some people say, you know, Afrikaans is nol de werk. You know, it's sewing work, you know. So is it, is it work then? Can I, can I do that on a Sunday? I'm like, does it bring you joy? She said, yeah, I love it. I'm like, then do it. If it's not work, then do it. But you know what's even better than that, I asked her. She said, no, no, she doesn't know. She said, spend time with Jesus. You know how much freedom is in that? How much fullness is in that? You see, the reason for this is, it's not about religiosity, about religion. It's about relationship. Because here's the thing about the Sabbath. God actually wants something for you on the day of rest. He doesn't want something from you. 
He wants to fill you up. He wants to make you full. He wants to give you rest. You see, this is stuff that we say. Have you ever heard this? People say this. When I have enough time, I will take a day off. Anyone ever said that? When I've got the time, I'll rest, Brent. But no, it's just so many things. You know what God says? We say that, but you know what God says? He says, take a day off, then you will have enough time. Sure. No, but that goes, that doesn't make sense. You lose 24 hours. He says, no, no, no. You gain much more, and I'll explain now. We say, I don't have enough money, but the day I have enough money, I will then tithe. We say that sometimes. But God says, tithe, then you will have enough money. You will have margin. You will have space. What does this actually mean? This means this. You've heard people say this before. I wish there was just an extra day in the week. Huh? Who of you guys would like an eight-day week? Just a little bit of extra space. Huh? Yeah, some are like, your extra day but for extra weekend, you know? No, some of us are like, oh, if this day was just one week longer, I could have got so much more work done. People like blah, blah, blah. Can I tell you this? It's not an eight-day week that saves us, or that helps us. Can I tell you another thing? Who of you guys have ever said this? Oh, if I just had a bit more money. Anyone? Can I tell you that that is not the answer? Can I tell you this? That God can do more with your six-day week because you have the Sabbath for rest, than you can do with an eight-day week. Do you know that God can do more with your 90% of your income because you've given away 10 than you can do with 110% of income? Why? Why? It's for this very simple thing, is that he is in control of it. He is the king of it then. You see, the tithe and even taking your calendar and saying, God, how should I live my life and when it comes to my calendar, my tithe and, and everything that I am, do you know what it does? Creates space. Space for you to be free. You see, I, I, that's why I do this thing, like tithing, just a little story out of my life, is that when I tithe, I try and do it the first thing. Sometimes I'm like, well, flip, I'm behind. I'm just quickly. But I try and do it before debit orders go off, before all those things. Why? Because... When I'm waiting for the debit order to go off, then check if I can tithe. You know, I'm checking to see if I have enough money to tithe. What am I saying? I'm saying, God, I, I trust you with things, but not really with all of it. You know, I'm still scared about these one or two things. And here's the thing. When you actually tithe in faith, and I've seen it month after month, that I tithe first, first thing. And it's not like, you know, I'm rich. <laughs> but can I tell you one thing? I'm content. I'm happy because I know with the 90% that I have left, God can do much, much more. And that's excluding tax, just by the way. Tax sucks. If you, don't, if you have ever had been paid that you don't pay tax yet, well done. If you get started and everything to pay tax, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. But Proverbs 3 explains this. Just quickly hear these words. Do you hear anything of scarcity or, or not enough. It says, trust the Lord with all your heart and learn, lean not on your own understanding, but in your way submit to him and he will make your path straight. Yeah, that sounds really bad. Huh? No, it's good. He says, do not be wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord and shun evil. And this will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. When last did you have nourished bones? <laughs> right? Last one. 
Honor the Lord your God with all your wealth, your first fruits of all your crops, and your barns will be filled and flowing over. Your vats will be filled to the brim with new wine. Why is he saying this? He's saying, guys, when we follow Jesus, there's, a, there's an understanding to say, man, I'm putting down a discipline. I'm putting down a budget because the things that are important in my life, God, I want to honor you with it. I'm taking my calendar and I'm saying, God, how do you want to live this life? How do you want to, to live this calendar out in my life? You're the king of my calendar. You're the king of my finances. And you know what else stops us from getting there, just ending off our time together? Is this. It's not just a budget, but sometimes we compare ourselves to others. Who of you guys walked in this room and you've already compared yourself to someone else? Don't look at the person now. Stop looking at them. Checking. You walked in and you're like... <coughs> <laughs> that shoes with that dress. Come on. <laughs> Bring that floral shirt with the white shoes. Come on, man. It's like 1993, man. Just get over it. <laughs> and here's the thing. Humans, we tend to max things out, to push things to the limit. We are driven by comparison. You see someone else have something, then what do you want? You want that thing. Because you think that thing will make you happy, but guess what? That guy that has that thing, he's not happy. Can I tell you, it is not a fast car, a big house, or even a really good family that will make you happy one day. You know what will make you happy? When it rains. No, I'm joking. It's when God is in your life, when you're content with God. What does this look like? I'm going to tell you this last story. And then I'm going to end off. A few years back in my life, and, and this is not just talking about finances and, and that. This is talking about something else, love. You guys know love, right? If you guys want to uh, find a, a wife or a husband, just quickly put up your hands. Okay, now keep your hands up and then just look around the room. Just check your options. You know, there's a few. There's just, I'm helping. I'm just checking, just checking. No, I'm joking. But I remember I dated this girl and we dated for about two years in church. She was really cool. I was obviously really cool. And um, we dated for a long time and like, we literally thought we we're going to get married, everything. And the next moment, she, like, drops me. She leaves me. That's what everyone says? Thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, um, and it was even, like, over WhatsApp, I'm just saying. Yeah, two-year relationship. Anyway, anyway, you don't know who she is, so that's, that's fine. Her heart's protected. Um, and uh, the crazy thing about this, I was angry at God. You guys ever been through a breakup and angry at God? Sure. And in this moment, I'm like angry at God and we're going through this, this breakup. And then we're standing in worship, right? And this old uncle in our church comes to me and he says, Brent, I have this word for you. And I'm like, tell me, come on, bring it. I want to hear things like, Yo, you know, you're doing better than her or something, you know. And he says, God has someone better for you. Now you're going through a breakup. You don't want to hear that. Now you want to hear, Yo, she's struggling. Or <laughs> and then I remember in worship speaking to God and I'm like, God, well, if there's someone better, then where is she? Show me. Come. Show me. I'm angry. And here God says something that ripped my heart open, not just for a relationship, but for so many things. He said, Brent, even if I have someone that's much better for you and I never give them to you, are you still happy with me? Yeah. And I answered and I said, no. <laughs> I don't and I realized that's where my problem is. I'm not content with who God is in my life. And then I gave myself two years, got content with God, spent a lot of time with him, and then I met Donnell. Oh, 
And the rest is history, ladies and gentlemen. Why am I telling you this story? I'm telling you this story for this one simple thing. If you are happy with who Jesus is, if you are content with him, the amount of money you have in your bank account will not matter. The amount of success, success in your life, it will not matter. Why? Because you're stewarding it well for him, not for you. And guys, if I can tell you one thing about my life, that's the one thing I would want for every single one of us, that we steward it well. Do I mess it up sometimes? Yeah, sometimes a bag of gold goes, whoops. <laughs> Those shoes weren't special. <laughs> Does God then go, oh, no more money for you? No. He says, come on, man, you got more. He says, yeah, we'll figure it out next month. We'll, we'll continue. It's a journey. My question to you is, do you want freedom in your life? You find it with Jesus because he opens up and he creates a space for you to enjoy. You know that when Jesus was on the cross, when he died, there was a moment that he said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they're doing. But there's another moment. That he actually said, he said, my Lord, my Lord, why have you? He was separated for the first time in eternity. Jesus is separated from God's presence. Why did he do it? He did it for one reason. He left his hand with God to go fetch us. He made space so that we could step into it. God invites us to do the same. Your Lord, you are inviting us. <laughs> I'm just joking. He invites us to do the same thing, the same thing, to create space in our lives for him to step in. So do you want freedom? Create space. Let's pray together. You guys can close your eyes. As we're just sitting with our eyes closed, I want you to maybe think about your own life and and maybe just think if you're sitting here with anxiety, just stressing about the future, worried about the past, worried about the next thing is. Maybe throughout this whole sermon, you didn't even listen to anything I said. You were just worried about everything you still need to go do. I want to tell you this morning or this evening that you don't have to make a plan. All you can do is allow God to make space. Find rest in him. Find fullness in him. By stepping out and saying, God, I trust you with my time, my treasures, and my talents. And so if you want that, oof, like this rain is falling, literally, I just experienced God saying he wants, to, he wants to flow over your life. If you want that, don't you want to stand up in faith and say, God, I want this, and open up your hands for that fullness. It's good. Thanks. That's awesome. We're going to pray together and pray for this one beautiful thing. That this fullness of God, this freedom, this invitation where he made space, that we can step into it. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you have made space in our lives that we can step into it and live life fully. That we can live life with you. And we thank you that you come and make us full, Father God. That in you there is fullness in life and we can live fully. And that, Father God, the way that we give through our tithing, the way that we give through our time, Father, may it be something that honors you and brings you glory and that makes you the king of our lives because that's where we can breathe because we know you can do so much more with our six-day week and our 90% than we could ever do with a 10-day week and a 200% because it's in your hands and we can trust you for the future. And we can trust you not just in the future, but right now. 
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's give Jesus a hand. What a message. If you feel that someone would benefit from this, share it with them. We are all about family on mission.